And we welcome you this day as we invite our Heavenly Father to open the heavens, to pour out his spirit upon us. May the presence of Jesus Christ be felt this day as we seek and study and listen to him as he speaks and reveals his will to his servant, the prophet Joseph Smith. And of that same Jesus Christ, I testify that I know him. He knows me, and of him I testify to you. He is our Lord, our God, and our King. He indeed rose from the dead, as all the holy prophets and apostles have testified that he would and that he did. We add our witness and our testimony to that same eternal fact that he indeed rose from the dead. He lives today. He is our King, our Lord, our God. We worship him with all our hearts. We welcome you this day as we study his word. We add our testimony and our witness concerning the mighty prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith, foreordained from before the foundation of this world to come forward in these latter days to restore God's kingdom upon the earth, his church upon the earth. He will bear witness and testimony of that fact again in today's lesson uh, multiple times, whether we cover those verses or not, if you read this lesson today, uh, multiple times, once again, Jesus Christ declaring that the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is his church. It is his church. It is his kingdom. It is everything. He is. It is his bride, as the New Testament teaches, that Christ is married to his church, the bride, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Is Jesus Christ's bride? He will marry it at the wedding feast and the second coming when he comes back to reign as our Lord of Lords and King of Kings and will marry his bride, the church, as it will continue to grow and prepare itself to receive the bridegroom. And of that we witness and we testify this day. We thank you for joining today. It's just marvelous as we continue to see all the many wonderful blessings that our Heavenly Father continues to pour out upon us as we take the gospel message to the whole world. We thank you for your efforts and our, and our goal to accomplish that. We thank you for sharing these videos with all your friends, your relatives, posting it on your social media pages. We continue to see God pour out mighty blessings upon us as we do that. We've continued for now we're what uh, more than a year and a half into this and yet every single day we still get God's sheep we get God's true and faithful his sheep who hear his voice through our videos through our written messages and they come unto him and they come unto him by the thousands and the ten thousands and the hundred thousands we now have over 500,000 followers just on our Facebook alone. We continue every day to get people wanting to join Jesus Christ Church and come into his, into his fold as his, he is the true shepherd of Israel. He is the shepherd of the uh, true and honest in heart. 
We get thousands continuing to come unto Jesus Christ. Every day we get people coming unto the missionaries to join the church. And now we're getting mission, we're getting letters every week now about people who have joined the church, put in their minimum time of a year or so as a member of the church, and have prepared themselves now that they are now serving as missionaries in the church to continue to help us spread forth the message of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just think that's absolutely amazing and incredible and has been very humbling and a great blessing to be part of this great work as we continue to bring the souls unto Jesus Christ and continue to produce those who go forward and serve as full-time missionaries, full-time engaged in this great work. We will look today at the Doctrine and Covenants sections 98 through 101, and uh, we'll begin with section 98. Let's look at 1 through 3. Verily I say unto you, my friends, remember he had said in the previous uh, section, Doctrine and Covenants, he would no longer just call them servants, but he would call them his friends, exalting the name and the word of friends above that of servants, uh, that uh, not only are they his servants, they are his indeed close friends, the prophet Joe Smith, a friend of Christ. Let not your hearts be, uh, let your hearts be comforted, yea, rejoice evermore, and in everything give thanks. We need to learn to thank God more for all his mighty blessings and all the wonderful things he is doing in our lives. Waiting patiently on the Lord. Sometimes we don't get the blessings right away. We have to wait patiently. But the Lord will fulfill every promise he has ever made to you. For your prayers have entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth and are recorded with this seal and testament. The Lord has sworn and decreed that they, his promises to you, shall be granted. You just have to wait upon him. He knows when to give you these blessings at the right time in your lives. So that be the most benefit to you and most benefit in helping you progress and become more like his son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant that they, the promises, shall be fulfilled. And all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good. And to my name's glory saith the Lord. So the things you experience and suffer through life will work for your good. Jesus Christ, we're told in Hebrews chapter 522, that he became perfect through the things that even he suffered. So if it was needful for Christ to suffer through things to become perfect, how much more it is for us to be afflicted and to suffer and go through sufferings in our lives to become perfected as well. Let's look now at verse 6. Therefore, I, the Lord, justify you and your brethren of my church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in befriending that law, which is constitutional law of the land. Look at 9 through 10. And here we're going to learn about what kind of people we should uh, look for in our elections and when people run for public office and we go forward to vote for them. He says in here in verse uh, uh, 9 through 10, Nevertheless, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. So when we go into the voting booth, we should keep that in mind, that if we vote for a wicked person, the people will mourn. 
God can't bless you. God cannot bless your country. God cannot bless your city if you vote for evil and wicked people. Wherefore, honest man and wise man should be sought for diligently, and good men and wise men ye shall observe to uphold. Otherwise, whatsoever is less than these cometh of evil. So we need to seek out who are the candidates who are honest and wise, and then vote for them. And uh, as, as we do so, then God can bless us. Let's look at 11 through 15. And I give unto you a commandment that ye shall forsake all evil and cleave unto all good, that ye shall live by every word which proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. That's often also how trials in life take place. The principle of revelation, line upon line, precept upon precept. So does also suffering and trials throughout life. He usually can't give you all the trials all at one time. You wouldn't be, most people wouldn't be able to handle that, right? So he gives you a little trial here, a little suffering there. As you pass through that, a little bit of rest for a period of time. And then here comes another trial or another uh, uh, suffering in, in your life. And whoso layeth down his life for my cause, for my name's sake, shall find it again, even life eternal. Therefore be not afraid of your enemies. For I have decreed in my heart, saith the Lord, that I will prove you in all things, whether you will abide in my covenant, even unto death, that you may be found worthy. So he's going to test you throughout your life to see, all the way until you die, to see if you will be found worthy of an eternal life with him and his Father in heaven in their glorious mansions above. Look at 17, and here we learn something about the Jewish people here. Again, the hearts of the Jews unto the prophets, and the prophets unto the Jews, lest they come and smite the whole earth with a curse, and all flesh be consumed before me. So he's saying, look, at this stage, at this stage in the 1830s, before my coming, I don't even expect the Jewish people to accept me now in the 18 in the 1830s, right? But I do want them to at least begin to accept me by beginning to accept my prophets. So help the Jewish people come to accept the prophets and the prophets to be able to accept the Jewish people. If so, then the, then he'll you know be able to bless us. 18. Let not your hearts be troubled, for in my Father's house are many mansions, and I have prepared a place for you. And where my Father and I am, there ye shall be also. That's the glorious promise of those who will be willing to accept him, join his church and kingdom upon the earth, and keep his commandments until, your, uh, until the day of, of your death, that he has a special place prepared for you in the mansions of his Father. And he will welcome you, welcome you there. 19 through 22. Behold, I, the Lord, am not well pleased with many who are in the church at Kirtland. So the people, the members in Kirtland, Ohio now are starting to uh, engage in uh, some sinful conduct. And so here God is going to call them out. For they do not forsake their sins and their wicked ways. They, they're not repenting of their sins. 
They're not coming before him in prayer to ask for forgiveness of their, of their sins, the pride of their hearts, and their covetousness, and all their detestable things, and observe the words of wisdom and eternal life which I have given unto them. They're not observing to study the scriptures and the words of eternal life through his prophet, the prophet Joseph Smith, and the other appointed brethren at this stage. Verily I say unto you that I, the Lord, will chasten them and will do whatsoever I list if they do not repent and observe all things whatsoever I said unto you. And he's what his way he has done it throughout history of this world. If the people don't forsake their sins and repent, he will chasten them until the point that they will come unto him and repent. And again, I say unto you, if you... Observe to do whatsoever I command you. I, the Lord, will turn away all wrath and indignation from you. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So again, always warning. Jesus Christ always warning, always threatening with destruction, with the pestilences and famines and all these things to try to subdue your hearts, as we read last time in the Doctrine and Covenants, to subdue your heart so that you will humble yourself before him Call upon his name and ask for forgiveness of sins so that he can lift you up and bless you. Okay, so that would, uh, looks at those. Those will be the great uh, nuggets of truth that we have here in section 98. Uh, we don't have time to read the rest of it, but there's some other great uh, verses in here about forgiving your enemies and how God will bless those who do forgive their enemies. And a lot of great uh, things. So I ch challenge you to go ahead and, and read those uh, verses uh, on your own. Let's look now at section 99. And uh, here's a revelation. And uh, we learned some new great things as well. And section 99, verse 1 through 5. Behold, thus saith the Lord, Koamar Adonai, unto my servant John Murdoch, thou art called to go into the eastern countries from house to house from village to village, and from city to city, to proclaim what? Mine everlasting gospel, the same gospel that's being preached by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, my church, my kingdom upon the earth, you are to preach that same gospel. To, pro uh, uh, to proclaim mine everlasting gospel unto the inhabitants thereof in the midst of persecution and wickedness. And whoso receiveth you, John Murdoch, and this is also pertains to the current missionaries of the church. Those who receive you, missionaries, receiveth uh, me. And whoso receiveth you, receiveth me, Jesus Christ. And you shall have power to declare my word in the demonstration of my Holy Spirit. And who receiveth you as a little child, receiveth my kingdom. So those who receive the missionaries of the church receives the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And blessed are they, for they shall obtain mercy. He will forgive those who accept his missionaries, because by accepting his missionaries, they're accepting his kingdom, and they're accepting him, Jesus Christ. And we've seen from other scriptures that if you accept Jesus Christ, you accept his, his heavenly father as well. And whosoever, but you see, here it comes again, right? Blessing and cursing, always blessing and cursing. That's how the gospel should be taught. That's how Jesus Christ preaches it, blessing and cursing. So now comes the curse. 
And whoso rejecteth you, the missionaries of the church, shall be rejected of my father and his house because they've rejected his missionaries, his servants. They've rejected Jesus Christ. They've rejected Jesus Christ's kingdom and his church. And so therefore the heavenly father rejects them from his house. You reject Jesus Christ's house, you, he will reject, his father will reject you from his house. And you shall cleanse your feet in the secret places by the way for a testimony against them. And behold, and lo, I come quickly to judgment to convince all of their ungodly deeds which they have committed against me as it is written to me in the volume of the book. So Jesus Christ is a, the coming judge. The first time he came to the earth to die and give his life for the sins of mankind. The second coming, he is coming as the judge. He is coming to take vengeance on those who rejected him and his servants. He's coming to condemn them and to uh, and to bless the, the righteous. And so there he says, I come quickly to judgment. When the, when the gospel is preached, if the gospel is preached about Jesus Christ, love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. If you don't also teach Jesus Christ's judgment and justice and vengeance upon the wicked, they are not teaching the true fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so that uh, takes care of section 99. Let's look now at section 100, and we'll look at verses 5 through 8. Well, first, I guess, quickly in verse 1, Verily thus saith the Lord unto you, my friends, once again his friends, Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith. Okay, so let's look at uh, 5 through 8. Uh, Therefore, verily I say unto you, lift up your voices unto this people. Speak the thoughts that I shall put into your hearts, and you shall not be confounded before men. But a commandment. So, and that's the way the gospel should be preached. It's the way it's been preached with power and authority. When the people have preached the gospel that way, that's when they baptize thousands upon thousands of people. It's when they don't prepare beforehand what they're going to say to the people. They studied the gospel. They studied the scriptures in their minds. They studied the words of living prophets in their mind. And then they go forward and they preach, listening to the Holy Ghost. And what the Holy Ghost puts into their mind and their heart, they speak that. And that is what's power of the Holy Ghost convincing and convicting the people of that word that they are preaching that then is able to touch their hearts and baptize people. For it shall be given unto you in the very hour, yea, in the very moment, what ye shall say. But a commandment I give unto you, that ye shall declare whatsoever thing ye declare in my name and solemnity of heart, in the spirit of meekness in all things. And I give unto you this promise. So if you go forward and you don't prepare your sermons and you just prepare yourself spiritually and listen to what God's saying and you preach that, here's the promise. And I give unto you this promise that inasmuch as you do this, the Holy Ghost shall be shed forth and bearing record unto all things whatsoever ye shall say. And then you will have the ability to baptize and bring people unto repentance and unto Jesus Christ and then God can bless them and bless their them in their lives and bless their families.
Let's look now at uh, uh, 9 through 11. And it expedient me that you, my servant Sidney, so again, Sidney Regnant is the servant of God. He has the, the priesthood and authority of God to preach in Jesus Christ's name. Should be a spokesman unto this people, yea, verily I will ordain you unto this calling, even to be a spokesman unto my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. Like Aaron, he is called to be an Aaron, who was the spokesman for Moses, his brother, in the Old Testament. And I will give unto him power to be mighty in testimony. So Joseph Smith, mighty in testimony, and being able to bear testimony of the things of which he had seen and heard, and therefore the Holy Ghost bearing witness that his testimony was true. Sidney Regnan given the, the gift to then explain the principles of the gospel from expounding the scriptures. He, he was a very knowledgeable person of the, uh, of the Bible. I probably knew the Bible more than anyone in the early church did. And so, you know, he's been given that gift of the knowledge of the scriptures and be able to teach the scriptures and to teach, uh, for, to uh, show forth uh, the, uh, what the things that the prophet Joe Smith is testifying of in his testimony that those things are true and in accordance with the Holy Scriptures. And I will give see, and I will give unto thee power to be mighty in expounding all scriptures, that thou mayest be a spokesman unto him, and he shall be a revelator unto thee, that thou mayest know the certainty of all things pertaining to the things of my kingdom upon the earth. One of the first spiritual gifts that people are given is to believe on the testimony of others. And as they develop their own testimony, soon they have the spiritual gift of having their own testimony of Jesus Christ. But before that, they generally are given the spiritual gift to believe on the testimony of others. So Sidney Regnan here being given the gift to believe on the testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith. Okay, let's look at 15 through 17. Therefore, let your hearts be comforted, for all things shall work together for good to them that walk uprightly, and to the sanctification of the church. For I will raise up unto myself a pure people that will serve me in righteousness, and all that call upon the name of the Lord and keep his commandments shall be saved. Even so, amen. What a glorious promise that is. All right, so let's look now at uh, section 101, and let's first take uh, verses 1 through 5. There's going to be a lot of great things here in this uh, section 101. Verily I say unto you, concerning your brethren who have been afflicted and persecuted and cast out from the land of their inheritance. See, they went into, into uh, Independence of Missouri. You know, is this going to be the uh, future... Uh, uh, place where uh, future Zion, where Jesus Christ will reign personally during the millennium. Uh, this is where they're going to build the uh, new temple of Jerusalem. And so, you know, they got all these great promises and prophecies of that land, but the people are casting and kicking them out and persecuting them, and destroying their property and so forth. I, the Lord, have suffered the affliction to come upon them. I, the Lord, allowed it. If I did not want to allow it, I, the people would not have had the power to be able to afflict you. But I allowed it because you had not been repenting of your sins. You've been carried away in your pride. 
as we read in that prior uh, section there. Wherefore they have been afflicted in consequence of their transgressions. Yet I will own them. I will forgive them. I will wipe them clean. I will own them. And they shall be mine in that day when I shall come to make up my jewels. When he comes to make up or to take up his jewels, he will take up the saints of the uh, Most High God, the faithful and righteous members of the, his church and kingdom, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Therefore, they must needs be chastened and tried prior to that date, even as Abraham, who was commanded to offer up his only son, for all those who will not endure chastening but deny me cannot be sanctified. Let's look at 6 through 7. Behold, I say unto you, there were jarrings and contentions and envies and strifes and lustful and covetous desires among them. Therefore, by these things, they polluted their inheritances. They were slow to hearken unto the voice of the Lord their God. See, when things are going well, People seem to be slow to hearken to the voice of God, slow to call upon him in prayer. Therefore, the Lord their God is what? Slow to hearken unto their prayers. If they're slow to hearken unto him, slow to say their prayers, he's going to be slow to listen to their prayers, to answer them in the day of their trouble. Let's look at verse 8. In the day of their peace, when everything was going right, they esteemed lightly my counsel. But in the day of their trouble of necessity, they fell after me. When things are not going well, they run right after me. They want to pray right away. They want to demand that I solve all their issues and their problems. But when things are going well, they forget about me. Look at uh, verse 11. Mine indignation is soon to be poured out. Now, here again, prophecies, we've seen this multiple times before. This is the 1830s. This is long before the current uh, the virus, currently uh, before the uh, you know all these hurricanes and all these destructions going around, earthquakes, fires, uh, you name it. We've got everything today. This is a warning again that these things are about to start to take place. Mine indignation is soon to be poured out without measure upon all nations and this will i do when the cup of their iniquity is full and we have continued to see that this day haven't we let's look now at uh, 20 through 21 and behold there is none other place appointed than that which i have appointed neither shall there be any other place appointed than that which i have appointed for the work of the gathering of my saints. So he's uh, promised that ultimately he will gather them again to Independence, uh, Missouri, and in uh, Jackson County, and uh, and that this is going to be where he will come and reign with his people and make up his jewels. He says, uh, watch this. Now look what this says here. So this is the place I've appointed for the work of the gathering of my saints, until the day cometh when there is found no more room for them. There's going to come a day being no more room. Well, not, not all the church members will be able to go back to Jackson County, Missouri. He says, and then I have other places which I will appoint unto them, and they shall be called stakes for the curtains or the strength of Zion. And that's what we have 
today already too is that as the church continues to grow in uh, throughout all the world and all kinds of countries we have these stakes which are composed of multiple congregations all under the same umbrella under the same uh, organization within the you know a few uh, uh, different congregations per each stake and that the stake is where a lot of the pure in heart are being uh, gathered so when we run out of the room he says here then we'll establish these stakes where the faithful can gather in their own countries, in their own lands, in their own cities, their own villages, uh, under the stake. Okay, now moving on to uh, looking at the second coming in uh, verse 32 through 34. Yea, verily I say unto you in that day, when the Lord shall come, he shall reveal all things. So what a glorious thing. He's going to come. He's going to judge the wicked, bless the righteous, and he's going to reveal all things. Things which have passed in the history of the world. Things that have passed that we don't know about yet. And hidden things which no man knew. Things of the earth by which it was made. How was the earth really made and put together? And the purpose and the end of it. What is really the purpose of the earth? What's really going to happen at the end of the earth? Things most precious. Things that are above and things that are beneath. Things that are in the earth and upon the earth and in heaven. Now let's look here at um, verse 39. When men are called unto my everlasting gospel, that which is taught by my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and covenant with an everlasting covenant, they are accounted as the salt of the earth and the savor of man. So those who come unto him, come unto his kingdom, his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, are the salt of the earth. They're the examples. They're the precious ones of God. And they are to go forward then and also share what they know and what they've been warned of uh, with, with their friends and relatives. They are called to be the savior of man. But now here comes the judgment, right? Therefore, if that salt of the earth loses its savor, behold, it is sense for good for nothing, only to be cast out and trodden under the feet of man. So if, if, if you don't produce this, um, if you don't remain the salt as a member of the of his church and kingdom, then he, you know, you're going to be uh, trampled under the feet of men, as he says here. Let's look now at uh, 64 through 66, and again in regards to the uh, his famous parable of the wheat and the tare, 64 through 66, that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places. For the time of harvest has come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. So what has he promised? What did he promise 2,000 years ago in his famous parable, the wheat and the tares? That is, the missionaries and the apostles and the prophets go forward to preach the gospel. They will gather together anyone who's willing to listen and make a basic commitment to be, become baptized, take upon themselves the name of Jesus Christ, to keep his commandments, 
they can come and enter into his church and kingdom upon the earth through the principle of baptism by those who hold the priest and authority of God. Now, however, what's going to happen? Will most of them be faithful? No. Will most of them be perfect in keeping the commandments of God? No. Will a lot of them rebel? Yes, right? So there's going to be, you give everybody an opportunity to come into the church. But as a result, we're going to see some bad members, some bad apples that are become, you know, that are going to be members of the church. And we're starting to see that today. We're seeing that today and during this current year where uh, the, there are a lot of people who are claiming to be members of the church. And yet they uh, attack. They attack the apostles and the prophets of God. Uh, they uh, uh, say they disagree with God. With the things of God, they disagree with what the scriptures uh, say, and uh, they go forward, and they're not living the covenants they made with God to keep his commandments and to listen to the counsels of his prophets and apostles upon the earth. So what's going to happen? Let's look at the next uh, uh, verse here. Therefore, I must gather together my people, this is in verse 65, according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life. He will come back. He will gather the, the, the faithful members of the church, and they will receive eternal life and be crowned with celestial glories when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according as his work shall be. Now comes the judgment. 66. While the tares shall be bound in bundles and their hands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. We'll make it very clear on this. Again, there's one of these uh, the false doctrine that's being preached among the world today where they want to only look at half of Jesus. They only want to half of Jesus, only half of the things he taught. So they preach this love and this compassion and this forgiveness of Jesus, and they give this tolerance to sin and wickedness, that it's okay to sin and be wicked, and Jesus loves you anyways, and Jesus forgives you anyways, even though you haven't even asked for forgiveness, and you haven't even made a, 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 a determination to change and to keep his commandments. So they preach this love of Jesus, love of Jesus, love of Jesus. But as we continue to see week after week, there is, Jesus is perfect in love, compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. But he's also perfect in justice and judgment and punishment and, and vengeance upon the wicked. And so that that's the complete Jesus. So you have all these great things of which uh, he is perfect in, in this love, compassion, forgiveness, but justice and judgment and punishment. And those who are wicked and refuse to keep the commandments and who mock his servants, will be faced with justice and judgment and punishments and, and, and vengeance. Those who come unto Jesus Christ with a pure heart, with the love of God, with a determination to, to change the, their course of life, uh, to begin to keep his commandments, they will find love, compassion, uh, mercy, and forgiveness. And so what a glorious lesson once again we have this day. I testify that he is our Lord, our God, and our King. It is awesome 
It is an awesome and joyful experience to continue to sit at his feet, to listen to the words of the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in these sections in the Doctrine and Covenants as he continues to speak and instruct his servant, the prophets, in these latter days. What a glorious book of scripture this is. I testify that these things indeed are true. For those of you who are not yet members of the church, I will leave in the description of this video a link. All you have to do is just click on that link, submit your personal contact information, letting the missionaries know that you're ready and willing to take upon yourselves the name of Jesus Christ to become Christians, to join his church and kingdom upon the earth. Once you do so, you'll be blessed with joy, happiness, peace, eternal security, a peace of mind knowing that you're now on the path that can lead towards eternal life, that can lead back into the Heavenly Father's mansions above. Heavenly Father then steps in. He wants to bless you with a new name, that of a Latter-day Saint. In the first century of the Christian era, the word saint was far more prestigious than the word Christian. Paul uses saints 39 times in his epistles. He doesn't use the word Christian one time. That is the way it is today. Those who join, who take upon themselves the name of Jesus Christ and join his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, are Christians. They're the only ones on the earth who can claim to be Christians since they've they're the only ones who have taken upon themselves the name of Jesus Christ and become baptized members of his church and kingdom by those who hold the priest and authority of God. As Jesus Christ has declared several times this year in the Doctrine Covenants, that priest and authority of God is only found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and is not found in any other church. That is not Dr. Harrison here saying that. Jesus Christ has said that. We've looked at these passages of the scriptures all, all year long where he's continued to preach that to doctrine. But nevertheless, our Heavenly Father then calls us Latter-day Saints because for him being a Latter-day Saint, you're a jewel in his hand. You are one of his most choice, most precious souls. He wants to call you a Latter-day Saint. You're a Latter-day Saint, a Christian. He will bless you with these things. I pray for all of you. If uh, you have any prayer requests, go ahead and message me. We love to pray for you. We love to see how God is blessing you and performing all kinds of miracles and healings and, and, and these types of things. Let, don't be like one of the, uh, the, the nine out of the ten lepers who Christ uh, cleaned from leprosy, but only one returned to thank him. We get lots of thank you, all, uh, a lot of thank you messages all the time. Be the one, though. Make sure that it, when God heals you, that you come forward and, and express that thanks. You know, we're not asking for any. We preach the gospel free of charge, right? We don't charge anything to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it helps to hear the, the messages and, and stuff about how God is blessing you in your lives. Be thankful to your Heavenly Father always for these mighty and precious blessings. Always be grateful that out of the billions of souls upon this earth, that he chose you to listen to his gospel message being preached to you by a servant of God. Very few people around this world will ever 
be given this opportunity to hear the gospel while they live on the earth in this life. Many will have to wait until they die or in the and in this or in spirit in the spirit world, awaiting the day of resurrection to finally hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of you listening to this video today, you are having that great opportunity to listen to the words of Jesus Christ. This day is taught by one of his servants. I testify these things are true. I pray that Heavenly Father will bless you in your lives to know that these things that we are teaching are true. They are his word. This is the Lord Jesus Christ talking in these scriptures that we looked at today. And we pray and we leave and we testify these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.